This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing. Woodhouse's lineup of beers is brewed to perfection and best enjoyed in the company of close friends and family. Check them out today at the LCBO or visit them at the Toronto Brew Pub with a newly opened patio. Yes, hello, welcome to episode two of the Beer and Bot. Oh, I fucked up already. Take it from the tap. <laughs> yes, hello. Welcome to episode two of the Beer and Bullshit podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. Uh, with me for episode two is my co-host, Chris Pellerin. Hey, Ben. Uh, pleased to be here. I didn't say you could talk yet. I'm just kidding. Hi, Chris. Okay. I'm, I'm here for the bullshit and the beer. So Chris is uh, not really a beer guy in the sense that he's not related to the beer industry. Instead, he is... Uh, my friend, I've known for 32 years, longer. I think maybe a little bit longer. There's some thought that I might actually be your father. Um, The math on that doesn't check out. We're like 17 days apart, but okay. But yes, not in the beer industry, but a consumer of beer and a lover of all things beer. Okay. Good. Thanks, Chris. This is going to work really well. I can tell. So Chris and I went to, we've gone to school together since kindergarten. We went to high school together. Then Chris went to Guelph and I went to Western. And now after roughly 10-ish years, not living in London, Ontario, we're both back living roughly three blocks apart and yet still doing this remotely (laughs) from Chris's basement in my office. That's, that's our whole relationship summed up right there. That's right. I try not to get too close. You try not to get too close. You pursue, yeah. I withdraw. It's like a Sam and Diane situation, really. I was thinking about this the other day. You have probably become a more adventurous beer drinker than I am. Um, I've become a bit of a crusty old man when it comes to the beer I drink in terms of my cheapness and my, uh, I guess I've gone back to sort of lagers and Kolsch's and sort of like basic balance styles where you're still a little more adventurous. Uh, I'm still in my IPA phase, if you want to call it that, if a phase can last a decade. I mix it up. I, I, I try just about anything that you will give me for free. And uh, <laughs> Speaking of which, I think we're contractually obligated to mention we are drinking a Miami Vice from Great Lakes Brewery that was provided to us to drink on the show. I don't think we're obligated to say nice things about it, just that we are drinking it. However, I do enjoy this beer quite a bit. How are you enjoying yours? Well, that's fantastic. Under no obligation to say so, but Great Lakes Brewery clearly took their talents to Miami. Okay, that doesn't make any sense, but I love it. I was a sports reference, Ben. Oh, okay, that's why you're here. You're going to add some depth to our sports uh, this, the sports content on this podcast. Do you want to talk about, do you want to introduce the listeners to you at all? What do they need to know about Chris Pellerin? Um, hard to see on the podcast, but I'm a handsome man. Uh, mm. I have a wife and three children. I am a banker and there are other boring aspects of my life as well. <laughs> okay. That's it. We got you covered. Um, do you want to do the, uh, the news, this is where we're going to read headlines. So I, I think that's going to be your gig. Okay. First uh, first bit of news is uh, regarding Molson Canadian. They 
they're on a mission to spotlight Canadian founded beer brands uh, and want Canadians to make it Canadian. That is the slogan they are going with. Did you now? Did you, have you are you aware of this campaign at all? No, you know what? I uh, until you had brought it up to me, I, I hadn't. I can't say that I had read about it or heard about it much. It is a gong show, in short. So the idea was that they basically reached out on Twitter to start asking if Canadian breweries wanted to be in a case of Molson Canadian for Canada Day, which is seems insane because you know large breweries are antithetical to supporting small independent breweries normally, and also the obvious point that many took a lot of pleasure in pointing out that Molson Canadian is half owned by uh, Coors. So it's Molson Coors. So when they're trying to make it Canadian, a lot of people pointed out that, hey, you're not even 100% Canadian anymore. So that was pretty fun to pile on. I definitely took part. I was enjoying it. Um, but it, it seems to have gotten worse um, to the point where the person who designed the campaign for Molson Canadian was defending the campaign on Twitter, which is never a good look. But when the campaign actually launched, it turns out that you order a case of Canadian, it, someone like a, a, an e-commerce contractor will go to the LCBO or the beer store and try to buy the beers that are participating. But if they can't find those beers, it turns out they're just putting other beers in the case. So lots of people were photographing the cases that arrived at their house with breweries that hadn't agreed to participate. So a lot of people were really pissed off. So if you can imagine that like if you're a small brewer and someone bought a case of Molson Canadian and it has your beer in it and someone's tweeting, oh, wow, pretty interested to see this small brewery in the case. We never actually agreed to do it. I don't know if anyone's going to sue them. I don't know if they're breaking any laws, but it is just an absolute shit show of a campaign. The idea was, I don't know, to spotlight and celebrate Canadian founded beer brands. They obviously add the founded as a disclaimer because they're not fully Canadian anymore. They're Canadian founded. And they filled the case with a lot of Molson owned brands like Rickards was in there. Creamore was in there. So it wasn't really like small breweries taking part. And it's been a lot of fun to watch a bit of a, a meltdown happen on social media. Well, I can't even believe how many things that they have screwed up in the launch of this campaign. Uh, not, not being fully Canadian owned, not getting fresh beer directly from breweries. What, yeah. What's the goal of this? And, and is it going to continue, do you think, much beyond? I mean, the obvious goal of it would have been to sell lots of Canadian beer on Canada Day weekend, which came on a Wednesday this year, which is great. But are they continuing this campaign? Is it something they're planning all, to roll out? It's supposed to be happening all through July. So presumably this is happening right now. You can go order a Make It Canadian case of Molson Canadian right now. The hashtag Make It Canadian has been largely taken over by beer nerds myself included, because it's been so much fun. Um, but, you know, it seems like one of those ideas that was maybe dreamed up by a marketing person or dreamed up by an agency without really fully understanding the landscape. But somebody commented, like, this must be an intern's bad idea. But if you look into the campaign, there are like five different agencies that were involved. So, like, the level of fuckery is unparalleled. It's just great. Like, I, <laughs> I love when Big Beer tries to, like, dip its toe into getting, like, indie cred and people just shit all over them <laughs> rightly so though right i mean you you don't need to do this so i don't know i mean it feels lose lose you have a molson canadian that is going to get piled on by everybody on the craft scene uh and then you have molson canadian drinkers that are probably going to be pissed off because they're missing one of their molson canadians <laughs> that's fair that's fair molson canadian i will say is like 
like you, you know chris and i are on the same softball team we play baseball well we used to anyways every wednesday there's no you know craft beer where we play baseball in dorchester i will drink bud light i will drink budweiser i'll drink miller i mean it's baseball it's hot i want a cold beer the hottest day of baseball if there was only Molson Canadian available, I would drink water. It's one beer that I just, for whatever reason, cannot stand. There's something just disgusting about that beer. Yeah, I've maybe had a six in my life, and they've all been in, in very desperate situations. Um, <laughs> you, you wouldn't turn down a beer if it was the only beer. That's fair. I went to school with a guy that had a blind taste test at a party, and it was Old English 800 or Molson Canadian. And what a taste test. <laughs> well, it, it was it was blind taste test to see how many people would would know the difference between Molson Canadian and malt liquor. And it was about 50% correct is what mm. he told me. So no discernible difference or no discernible taste at, uh, you know, in your early 20s with beer. Hmm. The next thing we want to chat about is the Black is Beautiful initiative. Uh, it's an effort across started in the United States in San Antonio. Uh, Weathered Souls Brewery, and it's picked up steam across the continent now. Uh, there's 25 brewers in Ontario are taking part. Five Paddles, Beyond the Pale, Black Lab, Merritt, Nickelbrook. Those are a few. Storm State here in London. Yeah. And the goal is really to to uh, is to look at more inclusivity and and address that within the beer community. Yeah, I think this is a cool idea. I mean, obviously with. Um what's going on in the, in the South and obviously that's come to Canada with Black Lives Matter. Um, there's been a lot more attention being paid to diversity in the beer industry, which is obviously something that's been not great for a long time, still isn't. There's not a lot of people of color working in the beer industry and there's not a lot being done to be more inclusive. Um, so this initiative is uh, an interesting collaborative effort. Collaborative effort. Um, the idea is that there's one recipe. So I think all the breweries that are participating use the same recipe that Weathered Souls created and they are to donate hundred percent of the beer's proceeds to local foundations that su support police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wronged. Um, so it's a 10% ABV stout. And yeah, if you're in London, like we are, you could get it at Stormstead. I have not yet tried it. I just think it's a cool initiative worth mentioning. I don't, drink a lot of 10% ABV stout in the middle of the summer, but I will this year. Yeah, I'm going to knock down a case this weekend probably of that and uh if I'm not on if I'm not on the pod next week, it's because I'm dead. If you drink 24 of these in one weekend, I'll give you $100 cash. I don't even know how much pay for the beer. <laughs> I was going to say how much is the case? Yeah, I don't know. If you can do the math and you find it still worth the effort with the, you know, 20 or 30 bucks you maybe have left over. I mean, it's a little at odds with uh, the healthier lifestyle I'm trying to lead, but I'll, I mean, I'll do it. If there's going to be, if there's going to be a surplus and I can actually pocket just, somewhere. You know what? You just said you cared about diversity. Now it's quite clear. You don't give a shit at all. If you don't drink a case of this beer this weekend, you're a, a fraud. And everyone that's listening to this podcast will know. Anyone who knows me knows I would drink any color beer. Whoa, whoa. Careful. <laughs> What I mean, light lagers. Uh, no, no, I get it. You're just getting close stout. to saying like all beers matter, and then we're let's just slowly back away. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't see the color of the beer, Ben. Oh, okay, let's go to the next headline. <laughs> next headline is you picked uh, this one. I did, and and this is something that 
is again probably more more impacting our neighbors to the south but uh, the aluminum shortage that's that's cropped up over the covid pandemic yeah and what's what's happened is a lot of a lot of the macro breweries have needed to pivot away from kegs uh, restaurants and bars are, are not buying beer in the same way they were before uh, there's a ton of beer that was spoiled that has, has ruined some inventories and a lot of the canning happens in Mexico for some of the major brands, uh, Coors Light, Modelo, Corona. These are these are brands that dominate the U.S. landscape and and do well here in Canada as well. Uh, and and the and they closed down for three months all the breweries in Mexico. So there was a lot of shortages for the long weekend, the July Fourth weekend. And really, I, I didn't I didn't actually hear that. For some of these major major uh, beers, they they were not around at all. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'm wondering whether this is going to have a a positive impact for for craft breweries that are, are already, you know, I would say probably benefiting to some extent from you know different delivery channels and people seeking to go local uh, through yeah, COVID. I guess I'd have to understand more about our supply chain for aluminum because it's not just the big guys that are being forced to go into retail like there is like have been no licensee sales during covid like you talk to brewers and they are uh making more beer and selling more beer in some cases than before the pandemic but none of it goes into kegs right now it's all in cans and they typically sell it the second it's packaged so it's probably i mean typically these things start in the u.s and then they also hit us in canada so i imagine it could potentially affect the supply of, of material for cans here too which is interesting because we pretty much in the last you know five or six years i would say moved heavily into cans the lcbo prefers tall boys that's like their preferred format so you see that everywhere in the lcbo obviously um mobile canning has become a bigger thing so lots of brewers are having you know short cans um as their as their their um containers i don't know maybe we'll go back to bottles after this well, there's some thought that that might happen folks you know what i like beer i know it's shocking i also like food and there's nothing i like more than enjoying a beer and some good food that were both prepared under the same roof that's why I, when i'm in toronto i like to go to the indie ale house Located in the junction, the Indie Ale House offers a beer style for everyone and an excellent menu. I don't live in Toronto anymore, but when I go there now, uh, Indie is actually usually my first stop. The first thing I do when I get to Toronto is to go to Indie for a Nashville hot fried chicken sandwich and an Instigator IPA or even a Safe Word Pale Ale. Mmm. Indie now offers free delivery in the GTA with a $15 flat rate for delivery in Ontario with a minimum purchase of 12 beers. Toronto's Indie Ale House. You can check them out in the Junction or in their second location inside Italy. Their new patio is opening soon. There's one other news thing. I didn't put it in here, but I just actually saw it today. It's kind of hilarious. It looks like someone has been in Ontario, like a teenager has been taking advantage of having to wear a mask in the LCBO and she's dressing up like an old lady with a mask on and she's getting booze and all the LCBOs and posting videos of it on her TikTok. So like she walks out with like a case of twisted tea and then like starts twerking, like dressed as an old lady. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I'm not condoning children drinking, but if I had uh, thought of that when I was a teenager, I certainly would have tried it. Oh, so is she underage, do you think? And just Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, no, oh, she's wow. underage. <laughs> yeah, no. She goes and dressed like an old lady because she's underage and wearing a mask, and they sell her beer. And she's like, success, and goes to the next door and does it again. Clever <laughs> girl. Kudos to that teen, that underage drinking teen. That's so much different than just, you know, taking your older brother's driver's license. Yeah, and then you had but, a mustache by, like, grade 11, so we were good. Do you remember our buddy Bobby? Uh, I remember him, yeah. One of our best friends. For no, years. do you remember, remember one particular day when we were in high school, he passed as a 13-year-old to get a discount on entry to the Western Fair. And later <laughs> that same day, passed for 19 and bought beer for all of us. It was pretty That's impressive. Amazing. That's the benefit of being a odd-looking Greek man, I guess, or Greek teen, I guess I should say. Yeah, I mean, I'd suggest the only benefit, but... <laughs> oh, wow. We just lost all our Greek <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Speaking of Bobby, I was looking at something. guy from high school, uh, um, Josh, had posted something on Facebook. A little math puzzle. So throw your guesses in here. And I guessed a couple of times. I thought I had it. Eventually, I figured it out last night. But I watched our good friend Bob. It looked like he lobbed about 25 guesses at it. And Josh sent me a dm last night and said you got it right but don't post it this will ruin your fucking life i am getting i'm getting messages <laughs> at all hours of the night with people with the most ridiculous guesses and comments just don't do it what is the point of those i feel like i see those when like older people post like can you spot the difference or what's the answer only geniuses guess this like i always assume it's some sort of scam like if you share it they're I don't know. It's something to do with the 5G and I'm going to... Probably the 5G, you're right. But I, I just throw mostly... 5G into every conspiracy theory now, it seems to be. It's just to make old people, old people feel smart. That's all it is. Is that all it is? Or is there something like they're tracking us? Like, oh, we, should, we can... It's probably to identify the suckers online. This that person is be. perfect for targeted ads because they will click on anything. That might be it. That might be it. Um... <laughs> You know what? I actually see that your mom shares a lot of them. I know. It's, it's, I've told her not to, she, but she likes it. She was telling me about the disease from, from beer cans and asked me to wash my beers before I went to the beach last weekend. I said, this story is three years old, mom. Like it, <laughs> what was the was, story? There's a disease on beer cans? Well, it was um, the reason why Steam Wessel went with their purity seal. Like, <laughs> yeah. There was two guys got uh, diphtheria from a, from a beer can. And this happened like two or three years ago. But that really mom, happened, you think? Well, that was, that's what my mom was taken in by on Facebook. <laughs> oh, two or three years ago, but wash yourself. Wash yourself with those cans. Feel free to wash them before you go to the beach. I wash cans now or pour it in a glass. Yeah. I don't well, if I'm going to the beach. What do you mean? What does the beach well, have I just to do don't, I just I take them right from the fridge and I put them in my cooler for the beach. So oh. I don't think to wash them. And then by the time I get to the beach, I just want to drink them. You're already dead. You're already By the time this airs, you'll already be dead from diphtheria. The alcohol cleanses everything. There's a rumor that alcohol cures coronavirus, started by the White House administration. I've been chasing that theory a while, unofficially. I haven't got it yet, so it must be working. I'm just trying to see how serious diphtheria is and if I should be making jokes about it. Eh, seems okay. Here's a vaccine. You'll be fine. Gosnell, another mutual friend of ours, Goose, uh, 
he, when he brings bottles of water or some uh, beer to work for his crew, he now puts like a teaspoon of chlorine in the cooler for his for his guys. He's like, it keeps it clean. Is he going to explain the science of that on a show with you soon or what? I don't know. I feel like th- this probably kills whatever's on the can. I'm not sure that there's like COVID living on beer cans until it hits that chlorine or anything. But I feel like most people are now at a germaphobe level that I was at before. Like I'm pretty comfortable with people being insane about cleaning everything. That's great. Let's just be really clean. Why not? Yeah, and I don't have an objection with personal space. I don't need anyone hugging me or shaking oh, my hand so for great. no reason. So great not having to hug or shake hands with people. Shaking hands is really weird. It's a holdover from when you would greet another knight, so they say, and check to make sure that knight wasn't hiding a dagger. So now I just, thanks to COVID, I'm walking around with fucking daggers and nobody knows I got daggers under my sleeves. I mean, now with COVID, it would make probably more sense to shake people by their genitals over the clothing because it would be impossible to pick up any sort of disease from an over the clothing genital grab. Yeah, no, that's still assault. That's sexual assault. So that's okay. Yeah. Uh, what what factor above your previous germophobia? Um, I got pretty extreme when I was first home. I have a benefit of having like a ton of hospital grade disinfectant wipes in the house, so I was actually at a point where like nothing got through the door without getting thoroughly disinfected, and then I would wash my hands. I've relaxed that somewhat, um, but I got pretty. I say I got pretty Howard Hughes for a while. I mean, why not? Like I have a wife and a six-year-old, so I'm, my wife's immunocompromised. I was on lockdown. But like, yeah, why not? Everything about that makes sense except your son's seven. Oh, for, he's been seven for two fucking days. Give me a break. Christ. Well, what, are you his agent? You know, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm here to fact check as well. That's good. You're getting your money's worth. Um, yeah, but like, a lot, I actually like got to move the needle forward for my laziness in a lot of ways. I've always hated the grocery store, like with a passion. I fucking hate going to the grocery store. Like normally you work five days a week. The last thing you want to do is when you have two days off is spend an hour or two of it in a grocery store. So I finally convinced my wife to do grocery delivery or like click and pick, which I've been pushing hard for forever. So I'm hoping that sticks around. Uh, post-COVID. Ordering your groceries online is fucking great. What about any problems you've experienced? Like you order milk and you think that seems a little bit light and then you show up and you got a 100 milliliter. Yeah, no, that was, so that was Kate's argument against, uh, against it. Like I was like, okay, we'll do click and pick once. Let's try it. And we got like a bruised apple and she's like, see, they pick shit produce. (laughs) And I was fucked. I could never do it. And now this time it's been pretty good. Although I did order like um, a jar of jalapenos and for some reason got a bag of like 25 fresh jalapenos. (laughs) Like, So how did you misinterpret that? I don't know, but it was kind of awesome because I just, now I put jalapenos on everything. I just keep reordering the same thing and I get fresh jalapenos. I thin slice them on everything. I put them right on the grill. In a way, COVID's been a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what it's hard to shit on the uh the, the grocery pickers there when they've been frontline workers through the entire pandemic it's and insane if they blow the odd jalapeno order then you know yeah. what i'm gonna cut you some slack oh no i've tore a strip off that motherfucker when he got to my porch the next time <laughs> before we end the show i'm gonna do a segment i hope you and i will regularly do given that everyone is at home 
I thought we could recommend something to read, something to watch, something to listen to. It's helping us kill uh, the time a little bit. Since it's my idea, I'm going to go first. I've been, I think I'm reading it for the first time. I don't know. Um, I was really, really into Hunter S. Thompson for a long time. And I think I missed Hey Rube. So I picked up Hey Rube, which was the final volume of his collected writing. And it was a time when he had, you know, maybe lost his edge a bit, but he was doing, he was writing from the sports desk for ESPN.com. So he had a regular online column in early 2000. So it's pretty interesting to read Hunter S. Thompson writing about, you know, early 2000 sports and talking about like Dan Marino and the NBA. But then as he was on this assignment, uh, 9-11 happened. So he's mixing in sports with like uh, trying to understand 9-11 in real time. So it's a pretty interesting read. I think one of the sharpest and most interesting political minds of all time, peppering, you know, his take on uh, the Bush doctrine and bin Laden, as well as like Kobe Bryant. So it's really weird and interesting. Uh, there's stuff in here like, will sports survive bin Laden? Like it, it's... Yeah, it's, it's a good read. If you're a Hunter S. Thompson fan and you haven't read it, I say pick it up. If you've never read Hunter S. Thompson, probably don't start here. But uh, hey, Rube, you can probably get it for like five bucks used online or wherever you buy books. That's you got a recommendation? What do you? Uh, I've spent a lot of this pandemic rereading books that I cherished or reading books with my kids. So a lot of youth fiction. Yeah. I've, I've pivoted recently. I just finished reading um, Neil uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, which was a pretty compelling book. Isn't that an HBO series too? I think it's Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was uh, it was interesting. It was really it talks about all the different waves of people coming to America and all of the gods that they brought with them, whether Viking, whether you know East Indian, whether European. Um, as well as, as Native Americans and their gods. And these gods are now being pushed out because the people that believe in them are forgetting about them. Uh, and they're being replaced by highways, the gods of the internet and network television. This is a fairly compelling read. Um, and I'm interested now to, to watch the series. Uh, when was that written? I don't know. Around I a while. Because I feel like I've been... A, a, it's like Ian McShane's in that, right? Yeah. He is. Interesting. You know, he's, I mean, I don't think I've seen Ian McShane in anything that wasn't badass. So, uh, what about Hot Rod? Badass. Yeah, that about? was badass. <laughs> and he was badass in that somehow as the, uh, the rough stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. Badass in Deadwood, badass in John Wick. Okay. American Gods. And hey, Rube. Uh, I don't have anything else for people this week. So maybe let's give them some time back and keep it short and sweet. Good first show, Chrissy. We've been bullshitting for, for 35 years, so why not do it for other people to listen to? Yeah, and make some sweet, sweet money with podcast advertising. So lucrative time to get into podcasting. That's it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Benny. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Be sure and wash your hands.